Blog Talk Radio. understand but uh the uh i guess you'd call her the common law mother-in-law uh you know she gets a birthday once every four years so there was no not celebrating last monday night february 29th uh this leap year so thank you all for understanding but we are back tonight with a vengeance i mean in the midst of wrestlemania season uh you take a week off and we got a boatload to talk about so Glad you've tuned in. Get on board. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Uh, get on there right now. we got a show chat going on right now on the Facebook page each and every week. We have a Monday Night Raw chat during Monday Night Raw. In fact, in today, if you want to get on right now, it's a big talking part we're going to get into in just a little bit. Today on the Facebook page, we asked you, who is the most glaring omission right now from the WWE Hall of Fame? You know, past few years, they've, they've crossed off some lists that needed to be there. Guys like Backlund, uh, Bruno San Martino, Macho Man, they've gotten them in. But there's still names that deserve to be there that have not been put in. Get over to Facebook. We want to hear from you. What are some of the glaring omissions right now in the WWE Hall of Fame as we head towards WrestleMania and the Hall of Fame induction the night before WrestleMania. We want to hear your thoughts on the Hall of Fame. Check out Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. Go over there, follow us on the Twitter. Tweet us if you'd like. Follow us. Get involved. You know, you can respond to the, the poll question also on the Twitter uh, if you'd like there. Again, that is at the Ken Reedy Show and our website, thekenreedyshow.com. We've got blogs over there. We've got pictures. You can listen to the show. Lots of great stuff. Over at the website, check it out, www.thekenreedyshow.com. That is one way to listen to the show. One of the other ways to listen to, head on over to iTunes, subscribe right now, 1640 PWPR. It's our radio station. That's right, it's a station. You get on there, you subscribe, it's for free. You can subscribe for free, it's easy, find it, click the subscribe, and then you have access to not just our show, but a bunch of other great shows, 
And that's the thing, man, because pro wrestling, you know, you can't be for you for you youngins out there who might have like your viewpoint on pro wrestling, you know, your opinions, what you think. See, wrestling, you got to have more of a global feel to it. You got to see what everybody's singing. You got to see what what the old fans are thinking and the new fans are thinking and and what the independent wrestlers might be thinking, what former wrestlers might be thinking. You need to get a global viewpoint of the world of professional wrestling. And and you can't get that through just one show. That is why you got to go to 1640 PWPR, subscribe, because we have all that. We have fans, we have broadcasters, we have independent wrestlers, we have former wrestlers, we hit pro wrestling, some of the shows hit like some MMA, a uh, little, little smidge of boxing, because, you know, boxing's kind of dead, but who cares? Anyway, go over to 1640, great shows like the King Firehawk, Cool Down with AC, That Image Guy, I could go on and on, great stuff over there, again, iTunes, 1640PWPR, I cannot stress enough, subscribing is for free, click that subscribe button, get on board, and like I said, we got a lot to talk about tonight, just to let you guys know, I will apologize in advance, but uh, as of, since the last show, our family has gotten um, one, one animal uh, larger, and uh, for the first time in my life, I've, I own a, a dog, I own a puppy, uh, his name is Montana, after the greatest quarterback of all time, Joe Montana. And uh, so if you hear some yelping in the background, uh, he's two months old, so he's still trying to get used to uh, his new surroundings. So I apologize if there's some yelping in the background, but that's just Montana trying to let you guys know. They're like, I'm here, don't forget about me, and that's it. So, uh, But we love him, and he's great. And as we circumvent that and go back to what we're supposed to be talking about, the world of pro wrestling, on the road to WrestleMania. We are on that road. We are going down the highway towards WrestleMania. Oh, my God. There's a roadblock to the road of WrestleMania. What should we do? We're going to discuss that, too. Lots to get into, especially when you take a week off in the midst of WrestleMania season. So to get through it, to make heads or tails out of everything that's going on, got to get my tag team partner on the line, bring him on board. Dave, how you doing this evening? Considering that I am the resident animal, the original animal of the Ken Reedy show, I'm a little bit perturbed that we have a new animal invade my territory. Seriously, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But no, it's it's great to have a, a new addition to the family. Um, but just remember, you're cleaning up the poop, not me. Uh, yeah, and I have. Said, and, and with that being said, I'm glad <laughs> to be back. We are in the thick of it. Uh, you more than more in more ways than one, but we are in the thick of it with WrestleMania season and some 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 heavy talk about what's going on Hall of Fame wise and the WrestleMania card. That I just I, I got to get into it. We got to dissect it. So let's let, let's do it. Yeah, let, let's because uh, I want to start off with the Hall of Fame because that's a you know and, and honestly, and I'll say it time and time again. Look, I, I love the pageantry of, of WrestleMania. Um, you know, are all the events great? No. Are all the matches great? No. Are times are there head scratches? Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get what wrestling is nowadays. Um, but for me, when I go to WrestleMania weekend, I mean, in all honesty, WrestleMania weekend has become like the Super Bowl. And it's really, you, you go for the event. It doesn't, you know, you get your tickets in advance. It doesn't matter I, I'm sure there's some fans that go, like, well, let me see what the main event is before I get tickets. But all, most fans, it's a pilgrimage. 
It's, you're just going to WrestleMania, and you'll find out what the card is after the fact. It's a happening for that weekend. And, and for myself, in all honesty, there's two reasons, two of the major reasons I go. Again, loving the event, loving the pageantry, lo- loving the, uh, the, the pomp and circumstance that is WrestleMania. For me, like, number one, it's kind of how we decide, hey, let's visit a new city this year. And, hey, WrestleMania is in Dallas. Never been to Dallas. Would love to see the Cowboys Stadium. Yes, we're going to WrestleMania. So that's part of why, at least for myself, I go to WrestleMania every year. But the one thing that I love that is my favorite aspect of WrestleMania weekend each and every year, no BS, my favorite moment of WrestleMania weekend is the Hall of Fame induction. I love the Hall of Fame induction. I think it's such a great night um, to commemorate careers. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't think everyone is, is fully um, aware of or maybe versed at, at the rich history of pro wrestling. And as the WWE uh, continues to own just about everything, um, they can pay tribute to, um, you know, the history and the legacies uh, of the individuals being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, and I just love the night. And over the years, you know, a source of debate has been, you know, guys that belong and guys who don't. And today, and we got a couple to discuss because we had, uh, last week the Freebirds were announced as an induction, an inductee coming up this year. And we also heard today that the big boss man will be inducted as well in the class of 2016. Now, before we knew about boss man, uh, we popped up on the Facebook page. And again, that's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy show. And we asked you guys, um, in your opinion, who is the most glaring omission in the WWE Hall of Fame? And some interesting answers. Um, for me, the guy that always jumps out now is Rick Rude. Rude is the guy that jumps out uh, for me immediately when I think a guy that just deserves to be there that's just not. Um, Bob Scott said Rick Rude as well as Luthez. Uh, he put that up there. Uh, Mike Ferrara gave us Victoria, uh, interesting choice for a diva. I could see her as a Hall of Famer. I always like Victoria. Um, or in Jack Granada said uh, Owen Hart. Uh, our friend Mike Riker said Luthez. And, and with two Luthez references, um, to me, let, let's let's break this down a little bit, Dave, because I want to get your thoughts. It was interesting. Again, Rick Rude jumps out for me. Um, when I when I looked at this, it was kind of one of those. Oh my God! Like that's right, Luthez isn't it? And that was weird for me because I, I think he, he doesn't jump out at me because I think somewhere in my brain I just assume that he's in, um, but he's not. And and you know whereas the WWE Hall of Fame has become uh, not just a WWE centric, it's it's you know your wrestling career. I mean Sting has done next to nothing in the WWE. He's going in this year, so we get what the WWE Hall of Fame is. Um, when Riker was the first one to post that on our Facebook page, it, it was like, oh, my God, I com- I completely forgot, Dave, that Luthez wasn't in. I, I didn't know that he wasn't in. Yeah, I mean, same here. I thought it was automatic that he was in. I know that he's in the, the, the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. I believe he's in the National Wrestling Alliance Hall of Fame uh, from the NWA. But I did not know that he was not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, I don't think he had a whole lot of uh, of, of time spent um, in WWE or incarna- incarnations of WWE. I think he might have worked for um, 
Vince Sr. a time or two, passing through here and there. Maybe. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Or maybe even Vince McMahon's seniors, uh, Vince Jr.'s grandfather, Jeff McMahon, might have worked for him. I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to go back and do some of my research. But that was a name that I thought that, yeah, I thought he was automatically in there because he is one of the, the forefathers of professional wrestling in general and just what he did for, for the sport um, in, the, in the early days, in, in, the, in, the, in the 50s and in the 40s. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was very surprised. Like, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the Rick Rude thing, too. Um, Owen Hart's name pops up. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say there's one. For me, there isn't really one glaring omission. Other, aside from Lutez, there isn't really one glaring omission for me that I could say deserves to, you know, should be in the Hall of Fame. Names like Rick Rude, Owen Hart, Davey Boy Smith, hell, even Dynamite, you know, make, have the Bulldogs going as a tag team. Um, you know, uh uh, names that don't get mentioned a lot that I think deserve more credit, even though they might not have had as much of a run in WWE. The Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette, one of the one of the most underrated managers in the history of the business. I'm surprised he's not in, um, or he hadn't gone in earlier. So you, I could probably list a dozen to, if not more, names that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that, in my opinion, are glaring omissions. But like I said in, uh, a few weeks ago when we, when we mentioned The Godfather, to me, the WWE Hall of Fame now is more like a Lifetime Achievement Award for guys. If you did good work for the company and you may not have had a Hall of Fame career or you're like, then they're going to recognize you for your accomplishments. You don't necessarily have to have a Hall of Fame career. To me, I've always felt, and I felt this even more last year after watching last year's ceremony and how long it was, I think they need to cut back on the actual Hall of Fame inductees itself and make some of the inductions mean more. Not have seven or eight guys going to the Hall of Fame every year. Maybe you knock it down to like four, like a, a good solid number like four, where you can give some of the, the speeches a little more time, maybe even have more than one guy in. Uh, inducting another uh, Hall of Famer. I, I just think seven or eight, they kind of cram too many in, and, and it really takes away. Sometimes it can take away from other people's uh, induction speeches. But, I mean, Big Boss Man, Tane, yes. Did, did, I, did I like his act? Yes. Did I think he did some good stuff as a mid-carter, a, a baby face, and even some of his heel work he did with Slick? But Hall of Fame, no. I really don't think he's, his name doesn't scream Hall of Fame for me personally. No, I agree with you. I think this is like an interesting, you know, for us to take a week off. And I think it's an intriguing two inductees to discuss because I, I think the Freebirds are slam dunk. Yeah, the Freebirds are Hall of Famers. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, works for me. I think it's great in Texas. Uh, you know, that that's you know, cool, you know, that, that kind of adds some, like, credibility. You know, for a lot of people, the Freebirds were one of those glaring omissions not to be in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, that's a great induction. That's good for the WWE get those guys in. They deserve to be in there. You're right. The boss man, it was intriguing when I first – and I love the boss man. And that's why I hate having, like, these kind of debates and, like, because I hate kind of, you know, looking at the negative aspect of someone's career. But that's it, you know, when, when – that's the way it is. You know, we're in the media. Uh, when you're in the media and there's a Hall of Fame or, or someone gets labeled best of all time, then you wind up debating it. You debate, like, whether it's it's deserved or not. And I like Bossman. I like Bossman a lot. I liked what he brought to the table. 
He brought an intensity. He brought a, a, a violence uh, that I enjoyed. But, I, you know, it was interesting when our friend Mr. Trivia actually put on our Facebook page, he put Vader as one of the glaring omissions uh, from the WWE Hall of Fame. And, and when I thought about Vader, uh, immediately um, Bam Bam Bigelow also came to mind. And I thought of Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader, and Big Boss Man kind of a, a bit in the same context. I don't know why. I mean, it's big, powerful guys. They, they just... They aligned in my brain. I'm not going to sit here and explain, or at least attempt to explain how my brain works. <laughs> but when I looked at the three careers, and two of which are not going into the Hall of Fame this year are not in the Hall of Fame, one of which who is getting inducted, to me, Big Boss Man comes in third. Uh, when I look at some of the achievements uh, from the other guys, um, you know, Vader doesn't have as much as far as his WWE. He's got a slammy. Uh, that is is his uh, claim to fame as far as his WWE career. But you're talking when you look at Vader. I mean, Vader has three reigns as WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He also won the U.S. Championship. Um, you know, at, in uh, 1993, he was uh, ranked number two, uh, the top 500 singles competitors in PWI. Uh, Vader had a very, very good career. Um, you know, one of the best, like, power guys, uh, you know, of his era. Uh, when you look at Bam Bam Bigelow, I mean, first off, Bam Bam Bigelow has the notoriety of main eventing a WrestleMania. Uh, ECW World Heavyweight Championship one time. Um, you know, a WCW Hardcore Champion, WCW uh, World Tag Team Champion. Uh, and also a Slammy Award for, for Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, so, I mean, when I look at the three guys, honestly, for me, in my opinion, Big Boss Man comes in third. And to your point, Dave, and, and I think it's an excellent point, it's probably going to come back over and over again when we talk about the Hall of Fame, that it has become a, a Lifetime Achievement Award. And am I okay with Big Boss Man winning a Lifetime Achievement Award? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's cool. Uh, but when you put that moniker of Hall of Fame on it, I just... I, I don't know, he just doesn't jump out at me as, as a Hall of Famer. Um, and even looking at his, his, you know, some of his stats, I mean, you know, he won worst feud of the year in 96, worst feud of the year in 99, and, and worst worked match of the year in 99 as well. And again, I don't mean to come off like I'm bagging on the guy. I like the big boss man a lot. I thought he was a solid mid-card kind of guy. I liked the, the, the boss man slam. Um, you know, or the boss, whatever he called it. Uh, but I dug the finisher. I mean, I just liked him. I, I, but when I look at guys that should go into the Hall of Fame ahead of Boss Man, um, there, there's quite a list. I mean, you brought up Jim Cornette. We have Lou Fez. We have Rick Rude. Now we're naming Bam Bam Bigelow. We're naming Vader. Um, there's a lot of guys that deserve to go into the Hall of Fame before Big Boss Man. And, um, you know, right now when it comes to the WWE Hall of Fame 2016, I mean, it's a, um, you know, to your point, I mean, maybe they need to shrink the list of people that are going in, because now when I look at this list, and, and again, my favorite night, nine, we, year in and year out, my favorite night of WrestleMania weekend is the Hall of Fame induction. That That is, wrestling-wise, that is the bulk of the reason why I want to go to WrestleMania weekend. Love the Hall of Fame induction. When I look at this year's induction, because we still need to put a celebrity into the Hall of Fame ring, the Hall of Fame wing, and and what what cluster F that's going to be? 
Because it seems like the, the WWE, I mean, they're going to pull someone out of their ass, uh, you know. And this person was sitting in the front row twice on Monday Night Raw. They're going into the celebrity ring. Wing. I keep saying ring. Wing. Um, so I'm, when I look at this class now, it, it is not shaping up at all. Um, you know, you got Sting that's a decent headliner. Um, for me personally, I was never a big Sting guy, uh, but Sting definitely deserves it. Cool. I'm psyched to see him get inducted. Um, I'm psyched to see Flair induct him. I think that's cool. The Freebirds, definitely, they belong there. But now when I look at Godfather, Bossman, and the potential of who's going to go in as a celebrity, uh, to me, this this class is, is not shaping up. And I, I will reserve judgment, say, is this the weakest class ever? But, you know, Dave, it's weird because to me it's like right now with the four names on the list, you got two slam dunks and two at best question marks absolutely I, I couldn't agree with you more it's a mixed bag um however i will say to you um i just read a rumor recently before we went on the air um wwe put out a wrestlemania 32 magazine commemorating you know the the upcoming wrestlemania um special collector's edition and they listed off the 2016 hall of fame class two names that have been spoiled that will most likely get announced within the next couple of weeks are uh, Miss Jacqueline, if you remember Jacqueline, she had uh, managed uh, Marvelous Mark Marrow. Uh, she was she was uh, also in WCW. She managed uh, Harlem Heat, uh, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan. She had a, a pretty good career as a as a uh, as a women's wrestler. Uh, she was the the first, I should say, uh, women's wrestler in WWE that helped bring back the women's division in 98. It was like her and Sable. They had the first women's championship match that revived the title that started, you know, the, the, the girls getting involved more. Um, so she's a name that's rumored uh, more than likely to be announced. And another name that's, and, and to me, I think, you know, considering her contributions and how she was helped, she helped build the divas and the girls throughout the years in WWE. I think that's a deserving, deserving to call her a hall of famer. Um, for her contributions to re- revitalizing the girls as a part of TV and not just being eye candy. The other name that was that was uh, announced um, or at least leaked in this in this uh, collector's edition magazine was Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen, who is known for um, you know his, the, the the famous uh, attack on Bruno San Martino um, in Madison Square Garden in a title match. Stan Hansen is also uh, one of the revolutionary names that one of the first Americans to go over to Japan and be a mainstay over there and draw money and basically was the first guy to, he really ushered in the era of some American wrestlers being able to go over to Japan and, 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 and earn a living because before Hanson, it was strictly Japanese wrestlers, but Hanson made a good living over there. And then he did, he done some great stuff in the States. Like I said, his run against Bruno San Martino, even some stuff he did in the AWA, some stuff he did in WCW, his, his run with um, Bruiser Brody as a tag team. So to me, I mean, it's, it's kind of, like I said, this year's class so far from the names that have been announced, and the names that are being rumored, it's kind of a mixed bag for me, but I, I still stand by my point that, I think they need to narrow it down and not do as many names um, to, to really keep the Hall of Fame mystique um, in the air, so to speak, 
during the during the Hall of Fame ceremony because you get two guys, maybe three guys that are worthy of it, and then the rest of the guys, it's just like a lifetime achievement award. To me, it just doesn't come across like a Hall of Fame ceremony. I agree with you, and to be honest with you, like I'm I'm looking over uh, Jacqueline's stats, and and to me, like. I'm okay with her being a Hall of Famer, but it's not like when when you when the name is mentioned, I'm not like, oh yeah, definitely a Hall of Famer. You know, looking at some of you know she's managed uh, Kevin Sullivan, Harmon Heat, uh, Harlem Heat, uh, Mark Henry, APA. I mean, she managed Beer Money. Um, you know, it's, it's an impressive list as far as people she she managed, as as well as uh, winning the WWE Cruiserweight Championship and the WWF Women's Championship two times. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with her being a hall of famer, uh, to me, not a slam dunk. Stan, Stan Hansen's great. Uh, it's a slam dunk right there. Um, so, I mean, it shapes up. It's not a great class, even with those guys. I'm curious with, with what was leaked. Do we have a celebrity leak? Um, a few months ago, uh, I think it was, uh, was the bleacher report, some, 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 uh, publication, leaked Regis Philbin as being the celebrity. and This was the list. Sting, the Freebirds, the Godfather, um, Miss Jackie, Regis Philbin, and JBL. But JBL's not going in this year because JBL's going to be inducting the Godfather along with Ron Simmons. I think Stan Hansen was the replacement for JBL, which I'm glad because I don't think JBL at this stage right now should be going into the Hall of Fame. Stan Hansen, on the other hand, yes. Yeah, I mean, it'll be fun to see uh, Regis Philbin, but, uh, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too, with these celebrity inductees that, that a lot of people don't get and understand. And, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. I think if they've had some some decent involvement, like even Donald Trump, I didn't mind going in. Um, you know, nowadays, it's basically to get a celebrity, to get some mainstream media, and that celebrity more than likely has something to plug or promote, okay? Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest with you, if Jon Stewart or even uh, or even uh, a Motorhead maybe went in as the celebrity inductees this year into the Hall of Fame, um, just because of, you know, the fact that Motorhead, the lead singer Lemmy, had passed away recently. He was a great friend of WWE and Triple H. John Stewart recently did something with WWE back at SummerSlam. So it's really all about, like, serving, like, a purpose. Like, not to induct them just because they felt that they're deserving of it, but it's really, like, it's a publicity thing. It's, it's for PR. It's for, it's for, it's for attention. And, and that, that, that's how I look at it. I don't get all up in arms about it anymore. Like I used to, because it's just it's just nonsense. At the end of the day, yeah, you talk about it for a little bit, but you're not like it's not killing your whole night that freaking Pete Rose went into the Hall of Fame of WWE. Hey, it's funny, and I was okay with Pete Rose. Uh, some of the inductions just got. I was okay with Donald Trump too. Please, God, don't elect him president. But I was okay with him going yeah. into the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, there's, um, and I agree with you. And I, I think you know it's part of the problem though with that. I'm right there, and I don't get bent out of shape so much for certain celebrities. However, you know, it, it does kind of pull away from that prestige of being a Hall of Fame. Like you can use, you know, it's a Lifetime Achievement Award. You know, and you have, you know, these celebrities on that, whether it's uh, to sell tickets or they have something to promote. I mean, celebrities 
go on talk shows to promote upcoming things. Um, you know, to have them as part of a Hall of Fame ceremony, uh, you know, it just it just kind of bugs me. Um, and, and for me, you know, certain guys, I, I'm cool with going into the Hall uh, as celebrities uh, for the celebrity involvement. Uh, but I, I need to see – now, again, maybe it's her. I don't know what the negotiations are. But as far as a celebrity going into the quote-unquote celebrity wing, uh, Cindy Lauper's got to be there. Uh, Cindy Lauper to me is, uh, you know, if you talk about glaring omissions, if we're going to consider there to be this imaginary wing, uh, she should be there as as far as a celebrity. Lawrence but if this, Taylor. Go ahead. Lawrence Taylor. He, we, we I agreed, yeah. Man Bigelow, main eventing at WrestleMania. He made events against Lawrence Taylor from the New York Giants. I mean, you know, Lawrence Taylor was, I mean, he, he was, you know, he was retired at that point, but he made the match believable. You know, you get a lot of these celebrities that come in there and get involved, and they do like two seconds of work. Taylor got his ass kicked for like ten minutes, you know, and and he gave it right back to him. He's another one that probably, you know, if you want to do glaring omissions of the celebrity wing, he's right up there with Cindy Lauper. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, main event at a WrestleMania, so you know, there are guys that, you know, I mean. It's weird. Like I'd almost rather like you know get some. So if celebrities are promoting something, get celebrities on board. Uh, you know to induct you know guys into the Hall of Fame. Uh, like I was uh, William Shatner inducted Jerry Lawler. You know that's cool. That that's dumb. celebrity involvement. Um, I, I just um, I don't know. Like some of these things just kind of get under my skin. And the way wrestling fans are nowadays. And if you're listening to this and you be respectful at the Hall of Fame, you know it bugs me when when people aren't and. That being said, man, you know, late the past few years, whoever's inducted uh, celebrity-wise just gets crapped all over by the fans. And, uh, you know, I'd rather see someone that really, you know, really deserves it. Uh, LT would be a great induction, uh, too, if, uh, you know, if he could In over during the weekend. What? <laughs> In Dallas, too. How ironic if they were to induct Lawrence Taylor into the celebrity wing, you know, him being a former New York giant against you know the, the the rival dallas cowboys i mean it would, it would be very be very fitting but yeah the, the celebrities have been their induction speeches have they've been getting torn to shreds by, the, by the, the 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 fans at the hall of fame each year it just got it seems to have gotten worse by the celebrity that they announced i think they even booed schwarzenegger and he's the freaking terminator everybody loves him yeah they, they booed and i was okay he was in a lot of celebrities i was okay with i didn't think it was like the one that that really you know, set the bar Drew pretty Carey. damn low. Drew Carey. Yeah. You know, that, that just uh, killed Bailey. Couldn't agree with you more. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Uh, we're talking Hall of Fame, but after the break, we're going to get into, oh, my God. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Shane O'Mac is back, and he wants control of Monday Night Raw, but he's going to have to go through the Undertaker. We got to talk about that. We're on the road to WrestleMania, but oh my God, there's a roadblock up ahead. We got to get into that. And most of all, we want to hear from you your thoughts on the 2016 Hall of Fame class. We want to hear your thoughts on Shane O'Mac being back. Does this storyline versus Taker make any sense whatsoever? We're going to get into that after the break, but right now, it is time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Good evening, and welcome back. After another brief hiatus, I'm proud to bring to you the most informative news report in the biz a 
today at day 550.50. And this report, along with the Ken Reedy Show, would not be possible without the groundbreaking, evolutionary wrestling podcast network known as 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network, and more. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe for free right now to listen to a plethora of wrestling podcasts and to tell all your friends what 1640 is all about. Okay, now that we got that cheap plug out of the way, allow myself to indulge you on the five stories that has the wrestling world talking. Jeff Jarrett and his Global Force Wrestling announced recently of a partnership with A. Smith and Company Productions, which is the group behind NBC's American Ninja Warrior, to develop a new pro wrestling series. The details are still sketchy, but reports out now are stating that the series would be a 13-week season filmed over the course of several months at various independent wrestling events with the production style of American Ninja Warrior. Over the course of these tapings, the field will be narrowed down to 16 competitors. The talent will be judged by a panel of three industry experts, one of whom is rumored to be Jim Cornette. Some established independent promotions on the East and West Coast will also be providing talent. The final 16 will then be featured at a TV taping in Las Vegas later this year to determine a winner. There is also speculation that a major cable network is in serious negotiations to air this new pro wrestling concept and the announcement could come as early as May. There is some skepticism among a lot of the independent promoters as things are still up in the air regarding the potential launch of this project, but those same skeptics are also very impressed with Jarrett for attempting to get this project off the ground. Jarrett's former home, TNA Impact Wrestling, announced that they are also in major talks with potential investors to join the organization. According to PW Insider, TNA President Dixie Carter has been in several meetings in Los Angeles recently with a number of investment firms and major global media companies to discuss the next phase of growth for TNA. Carter has also been in talks with top TV executives about potential investment opportunities with TNA. TNA's John Gaburik also confirmed to PW Insider that Dixie Carter has also been in meetings in New York City to strategically plan the company's new five-year plan of growth with potential investors. Gaburik claimed that it's an exciting time for TNA with this news to come on the future of the promotion. Rumors surfaced this week that newly acquired WWE talents from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson from the Bullet Club, are now headed for the main roster instead of NXT, as originally speculated. The same story also suggested that the team would debut around the time of WrestleMania 32, but more than likely following WrestleMania 32, which could be as early as the post-WrestleMania Monday Night Raw. Being speculated that the duo would be using either the Bullet Club, the, or excuse me, the Balor Club, or Bullet Proof trademark name on television, which would indicate a Bullet Club type reunion of sorts with Finn Balor, who's been rumored for quite some time to debut on the main roster. But as of now, his debut has been pushed back to later this year. Wrestling Inc. confirmed in a report this week that WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley is scheduled to appear on Raw in the next few weeks. The reason behind this is to set up an angle for his involvement in this year's WrestleMania. Details on his involvement are unknown at this time, but the site did confirm that his role at WrestleMania will be in a non-wrestling capacity. As of now, Foley is not booked for Raw tonight, which happens to emanate from Chicago, Illinois. And in our final story this week, on the subject of the upcoming WrestleMania event, it appears as if NXT superstar Sami Zayn will be in the thick of it during WrestleMania weekend, 
as rumors put out this week suggest that Zayn would be participating at the Grand Spectacle in a match with Intercontinental Champion Kevin Owens. Zayn is advertised to appear at the WWE Network special titled Roadblock this weekend, and it's believed his appearance is to set up the angle with Owens. It's also being rumored that Owens would be defending his Intercontinental Championship in a multi-man match at WrestleMania, possibly being a ladder match but neither of those rumors have been confirmed at this time. What we can confirm is that Zayn is still scheduled to face Japanese wrestling standout and the newest talent acquisition to NXT, Shinsuke Nakamura, at the TakeOver special on the WWE Network during WrestleMania weekend, Friday night, April the 1st. And that will do it for another edition of the Dave 550 News Report. Tune in next week at the same damn time to listen to the most informative news update in the pro wrestling podcast scene. Ken. Back to you. Yeah, definitely tune in because uh, we got to, you know, as we go head on to WrestleMania, um, you know, I will be down in uh, Texas. So tune in here as we get you because we're going to still be covering it. So as we did last year, Dave hooked up with the King Firehawk. You want to subscribe to 1640 PWPR. be the most comprehensive coverage of WrestleMania weekend. So, uh, you know, I called in last year, so we haven't gotten everything all squared away and scheduled yet, but we will. I have a tentative schedule, actually. You have a tentative schedule. Breaking news. What is a tentative schedule? Tentative Bring schedule. it to us, Dave. I was talking to King Firehawk over the weekend, and it's not confirmed yet, but this is something that we have discussed. Um, and in the coming weeks, I will give you more information as I know. But it looks like we will be doing four shows, possibly, during WrestleMania week. One of the shows is going to cover do a comprehensive pregame of the NXT TakeOver special that will air on the WWE Network. Um, another show we're going to cover uh, the, uh, the the 2016 Hall of Fame class. So a lot of the thoughts that you heard from me tonight, you will probably hear those same thoughts, as well as King Firehawk's thoughts about the 2016 WWE Hall of Fame class. Another show, we will obviously cover the entire WrestleMania card, top to bottom, and Finally, the last show that we will do will probably be the live show, immediate, probably about a half hour to 45 minutes following WrestleMania. Pat and I, or King Firehawk and I, will be discussing what transpired at WrestleMania 32, as well as Ken Reedy calling in live from AT&T Stadium to discuss his live account and perspective on the big event. Those are just tentative plans. Things could change, but King Firehawk and I have been discussing it. We're trying to work out some scheduling, uh, some, some scheduling issues, and uh, hopefully, uh, within the next week or two, I can announce uh, some some dates on the upcoming uh, podcast with the King Firehawk show and the Ken Reedy show merging uh, for WrestleMania week. So stay tuned for more information from yours truly. I will have it right here at the Ken Reedy show. Well, sounds good. And as we head down that road to WrestleMania, you know, interesting stuff. We're going to get your calls. I want to get your thoughts on this. So I'm going to give us, you know, a little take on my thoughts, and then we're going to go to the phone, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. Shane O'Mac is back. And, uh, you know, one of the loudest ovations I have heard in recent memory uh, for anyone, any superstar, any returning star, um, I was pumped to see him. I thought, you know, the segment – was really cool. Uh, I thought the segment worked. I thought it was dramatic. Uh, I thought Shane was great. I thought Shane played the part great. 
Uh, Shane's been gone for a long enough period of time where it was a shock when his music hit. Um, I, I thought it worked, uh, you know, well all the way around. Uh, they had the uh, Vincent um, J. McMahon Award uh, given out to Stephanie, so the uh, the award was a total work for storyline purposes. Uh, Shane coming out was awesome. And, you know, it's one of those things, Dave, where for me, the segment and everything that happened was kind of a mixed bag. Dramatically speaking, and the feeling I got viscerally watching it, it worked. It got me hooked. It got me interested. Uh, The tension, now I don't know what their actual relationship is, but the tension between Vince and Shane was palpable. It it felt like they just hated each other. Um, Vince McMahon bleeped out a couple expletives, whatever he called his son. Um, It was just the the tension was, was real, and it felt real. And the problem with the WWE and where they've gone in recent memory, real moments are far and few between. So for for that, I thought the segment worked. On the flip side of it, Shane came in holding all the cards, ready to take over Monday Night Raw. It, it's mine. Remember that deal we signed? And it's like, oh, wait, no, but okay, I'll just wrestle The Undertaker for the same thing that I could have just taken when I got here. It just... It didn't make any sense to me. Like, why would Shane say, all right, I'll wrestle the most successful wrestler in the history of WrestleMania to, to get something that I already could just take? So it was, a, the, like, after I thought about it, I was just kind of scratching my head. It was one of those, like, weird moments as a fan that I'm like, I just enjoyed that segment. It was awesome. Wait a minute. Um, wait, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's it's intriguing. Uh, I'm curious if we're going to get uh, something different. Uh, Shane is supposed to be on Monday Night Raw tonight. We had Taker's response last week on Raw. The blood of your son is on your hands. You know, and and so you know it's it's on uh, you know and now Shane is is no longer a son. He's a son of a bitch, and it's it's you know those all McMahon family drama. Uh, it's just kind of you know why would Shane agree to this? Number one. Number two, like, why is Taker agreeing to it? Um, so it's just kind of great segment. Enjoyed it dramatically. Uh, the storytelling is a little wonky, and I'm really curious to see what we get from Shane tonight. Your thoughts on Shane versus Taker at WrestleMania? Well, I'll say like you, I was pumped for the segment. I, it was one of those holy shit moments, excuse my language, uh, that I did not see coming. I don't think anybody saw coming. It was a really cool surprise, the pop he got. The, the segment worked. Like you said, the tension, you can kind of feel it with him and his father. You could even feel some of it with his sister, with Stephanie. It really worked very well. Um, you know, I understand your your thought process as to why he would accept a match like that. Um, I mean, I'm sure that there's a little more behind um you know, him just coming in and walking in and taking control. Uh, like Vince said, it's just not like this. It's not that easy anymore. I, I, Vince even said, you know, we have shareholders, investors um, in, in, that are involved in the company. You can't just come in and take your take your job back sort of thing. So I, I think that's where, you know, Shane's character had pumped the brakes a little bit, and that's why he agreed to the match with Undertaker. Now, when they made the announcement, I was like, I was, I was a mixed bag on the announcement. On one hand, my the first thought in my head was, Undertaker's going to throw Shane McMahon off of the top of that jumbotron 
in the middle of that stadium. Like I was, that was my first thought. I'm like, he's going to kill him. Like it was the first thought I had. And then the other thought I was like, well, damn, for two weeks we'd been talking about how we were hoping John Cena was going to come back and face Undertaker because it would have been a great match. Yes, is this a cool alternative? Yes, it is. But you're going to give Undertaker Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, considering what Undertaker has done at WrestleMania in previous years with the talent he's worked with? I just kind of – I was a mixed bag on that. But then I thought, you know, hindsight 2020, I watched the segment over again. I was like, you know what, this is a damn good alternative because now they, 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 they give the audience something to choose from, meaning, like, you can root for Shane to get, his, get, get the company back but you're going to root against The Undertaker, so you're almost kind of trying to split the audience here and make for an interesting buildup between the two. Now, this is where the company could have redeemed themselves. I'm not saying that this angle is dead in the water, but this is where they could have redeemed themselves. Last week, Vince came out, and he practically introduced Undertaker as his personal mercenary to, to, to destroy his son Shane in the Tell in the Cell match. Taker comes out, and he said what he said, and then he left. Okay, my thinking is, why would Undertaker's character, I thought for sure Undertaker, Undertaker's character was going to confront Vince and question Vince as to why he got put in this match to do the bidding for him. I thought for sure Undertaker was going to say something to the effect of, what, why, am I, why am I your pawn? Why are you using me to get rid of your son? You know, sort of thing. I could have, you know, Undertaker's the kind of guy he stands alone, he stands on his own two feet. He does nobody's bidding except his own. And I was kind of surprised by that. But at the same time, he had made that he kind of let Vince know that, like, I'm not your little puppet. Um, you know, the, this blood is going to be on your hands, not mine. Now, I really was kind of hoping that, that, that they were going to, that at least Undertaker's character was going to acknowledge the fact that he's not, like, doing this for his own personal enjoyment. You know, he's not doing this for Vince. He's doing this because it's business. And, and he'll put, he'll, he's the undertaker. He'll take out anybody in his path. And he, I didn't really get that kind of response last week that I was kind of hoping for. Um, I think they really want to drag this out even further. And they're almost making this more about the McMahon than they are about the actual match with undertaker. So I'm hoping that in the next few weeks, if undertaker does make an appearance, the buildup part of this buildup is, is why is undertaker, doing the bidding for McMahon. Why did Vince put Undertaker in this match, of all people? You know, so I, I was kind of disappointed in, in the in the response last week from it. Um, I, I, I kind of have a feeling that there's going to be more added to this, possibly a referee, uh, to, because of the stakes being so high. I thought for sure last week that when Undertaker came out and confronted Vince, he was going to say something to, to, to piss Vince off and Vince was going to kind of stick it to him and be like, well, you know what? If you don't wrestle my son, your career's on the line. You, 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 you know, sort of like maybe even add that stipulation to really kind of drive home the, 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 the fact that they're trying to split the audience in a sense with this angle because everyone's psyched to see Shane McMahon back, but are you psyched to see him beat The Undertaker? Like that's that's the, 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 the tricky part in this scenario. So I... I do see the log. I do. I, I don't see the, the the logic in some of the storytelling, but it's the second week that this angle has taken place. So I'm hoping that we kind of get some some more explained tonight with Shane McMahon's appearance. Um, from what I'm hearing, he's not uh, he's not scheduled to appear for another Monday Night Raw until 
the 28th in Brooklyn, which is the go-home episode. And that's the same night Undertaker's next uh, appearances on WWE TV. So hopefully they, they add some more dates for one of the two, hopefully Undertaker. Maybe we'll get a surprise tonight. I'm not sure, but um, I'm excited to see it, see the match itself. I think it will be a, a, a spectacle in itself, but um, – I'm still kind of waiting for more in this buildup between the two. Yeah, and you, you hit upon, you know, the things I like about this because you do. You go in, you know, and when you think about the booking and you also think about being a fan, you know, do you book Taker to lose his second match at, at WrestleMania uh, to Shane McMahon? But on the flip side, do you just bring Shane McMahon back for – a limited run, and then WrestleMania, and then he's done. Um, so it does. It 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 just puts out there like these big question marks, like what exactly they're going to do with this. So I like that aspect. I like that whole idea of you know it kind of has you scratching your head. And for us, and we've said it a thousand times on this show, you've watched this stuff long enough. It becomes pretty easy to just say, oh yeah, this is what's going to happen. You know, I mean, we've had pay-per-views here and there. We've pecked better, worse, whatever. But it's like we're never under 500. I mean, we get most of the picks right. You know, when you have a match like this where it's like, wow, like I really don't know what direction they're going to go in, uh, that's intriguing. Uh, it's like I said, I think some of the storytelling is a little wonky. Hopefully get some clarification. Um, intriguing, the one thing that I did wonder, and, and you know, I don't know where he is health-wise, uh, but the idea of when when Vince McMahon said my creation and brought out The Undertaker, something to, to that effect, you know, and, and is that something that he's alluding to, you know, a WWE and that's his creation, Shane's ties to WCW, do we get Sting involved in some way, shape, or form? Um, this is one of the things I speculated on. The other thing is, you know, I thought – Taker is an old school guy, and old school guys, when they go out, when they retire, when they leave the business, they go out on their shield. Uh, Hell in a Cell is a no DQ match. Uh, do we see, you know, other people uh, possibly, maybe a ton of people getting involved in this match? Um, does Taker's career go on the line at some point, uh, making this a career match? And Taker does go out on his shield. Um, all things that are fun to speculate about. Fun to put that fantasy Booker cap on, um, but it's it's a again. I'm not totally sold on the storytelling, but I am very intrigued as to exactly where they're going to go with it. So when they they get that that intrigue going, they they pique your interest a little bit. When you're questioning, like fifty fifty, you could see the match going either way. Those are all good things. So let's see what happens as far as the development of this story. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We've talked Hall of Fame. We've talked Taker Shane, Shane's return. We are on the road to WrestleMania. Let's go out to the phones. we got Rocky on the line. Rocky, how you doing this evening? Doing fine, Ken. What's going on, man? Not much, brother. What do you got for us? Well, uh, definitely going back to the uh, to the Hall of Fame talk. You, you, you've covered a lot of great, uh, a lot of great points. Um, talking about the celebrity wing, so to speak, uh, of the Hall of Fame. There are definitely a couple of glaring omissions, I feel. I, I definitely go with the Cindy Lauper pick. I also uh, give you uh, two more names that I think should be thrown in that hat. Uh, 
one for definitely nostalgia purposes. The other wouldn't make for a great uh, acceptance speech due to his condition, but definitely I feel deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The two names I'm going to pick out are Andy Kaufman, for uh, obvious reasons. And also, when you think about it, involved in WrestleMania 1, special guest referee, Muhammad Ali. You know, yeah. two, two great names. Two great names that deserve to go in well before a lot of the other celebrities. Well done. You know, it, it's, uh, as I said, unfortunately, with, with his condition, uh, there wouldn't be much of a speech for Ali, but anyone involved with the groundbreaking of WrestleMania, you know, what put it on the map? You know, you have to throw his name in the ring. Uh, me, personally, I'm definitely happy with the announcement for Boss Man. I was a Boss Man fan. Uh, so I, I can't say I, I can't say I'm disappointed in that appointment. But for me, personally, I'm still waiting for Rick Rude. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I'm waiting. Yeah, both of us, I mean, that, that was a name that, that popped up for both of us. Uh, you know, when... I mean, again, I we can't believe that Lou Fez is not in, and it just kind of, I didn't think of it because it was like, wow, he's really not in the Hall of Fame. Like, how is it even possible? But, yeah, the first name that jumps out to me is is, is Rick Rude. And, uh, you know, I get it with the WWE. Like, you can't have a Hall of Fame class where everybody is passed on. Um, but to me, you know, Rick Rude just deserves to be there. And I don't know if there's some sort of family issue or – a state issue, what have you. Um, there could be something, but uh, yeah, that that dude uh, definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, definitely. As far as your guys' take on uh, on Shane Taker, like I, I'm definitely with you. I popped for Shane's return. Uh, I think it definitely shook up the status quo. In that, when you think about Shane McMahon and you think about his previous work, the the, the one term. You can definitely attribute to Shane McMahon as a risk taker. You know that that guy is is willing to really put his body on the line, and it'll be interesting to see how, in this day and age of kind of playing it safe, uh, how that's going to factor in into WrestleMania. That being said, also with the storyline where we have found that you know. And again, this is putting on the fantasy uh, fantasy Booker cap. You you had you had Mr. McMahon pick his you know pick his champion so to speak in the Undertaker. Uh, who goes to say that maybe Shane, you know Shane doesn't pick his own champion and then as a separate match, you know what you know what Dad you want to fight you want to have other people fight your battles? How about? father and son go at it and figure out who's on top of the mountain. I think, me personally, I think that would be pretty interesting. Probably not going to happen, but I can definitely see the storytelling there. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I do think, I think we're going to have something. I mean, I, I don't think this is, you know, whether it's going to be a one-on-one or, or you know, Shane's going to pick a champion or Shane's going to have someone in his corner or there's going to be a guest referee or, uh, you know, other involvement. I, I just, I don't think the story has been told totally as of yet. I mean, do we get a, a, a Hell in a Cell tag team and, and Shane picks a champion and challenges his dad to team with a taker in, in the Hell in a Cell? 
you know, who knows? Um, I, you know, there's so many machinations and then permutations you can kind of think of. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that there's there's going to be something uh, that that Shane McMahon has got something up up his sleeve that. Um, again, whether it's a special guest referee, a champion, someone in his corner, uh, but I do think that there, that something is going to happen. Dave, what are your thoughts on that? Well, originally when, when, when he came out on TV and this match was announced, a lot of people, including myself, thought, well, shoot, this could be a placeholder for, for, for Cena coming back. This could be a situation where you know Shane's character realizes he's in over his head, and that's how you reintroduce John Cena into the mix. Um, but after thinking about it and seeing the way that this is played out, they're invested into it that Shane's going to be in this match. So I don't think that's going to change. And if anything, the smart move is if for any reason, if John Cena does get cleared to return in time for WrestleMania, I wouldn't necessarily put him in this match. I would put him in another match and spread out the, spread out the big names on the card, considering the, the, the injuries that the roster has suffered from. You put Cena in a different match, and, and, and you have another high-profile match as opposed to beefing up this match because this match is already beefed up as it is. Shane McMahon returns, wrestles Undertaker inside Hell in a Cell, the control of WWE. That's a big enough match as it is. I mean, you, you, it would almost be overload if you threw John Cena into this match, especially considering the circumstances of the story. So if, I, I do believe we're going to get a sighting of, of, of you know, other wrestlers involved in this. Somebody's going to make a run in. I, I'm going on a limb saying it right now. I would not be shocked if we got a Mean Street Posse sighting at WrestleMania to get involved in the match somehow to try and help Shane. Um, I, I do think that there's going to be some other shenanigans going on, some other things that are going to dress up this match even more. I just read from the Wrestling Observer that Shane McMahon currently has a big stunt, a big spot he's got planned for this match. Uh, that's going to take place during the match, and there's talk of it being outside of the Hell in the Cell. Uh, that 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 thought that came into my head when they first announced this match that he might get thrown off the jumbotron of this stadium, it could possibly come to fruition at WrestleMania. But um, yeah, I don't see any kind of replacement. Would it be cool? Yeah, it would. But uh, we've seen Vince and Shane a hundred times. Uh, you know, I, I think Shane and Undertaker. There's there's actually some intrigue in this. And it's and it's made you really want to see this match even more, um, just purely on the announcement. I I definitely gotta agree with Dave there, but uh, like I said, especially especially in this era uh, of shareholders and playing it safe. Uh, you know, hearing that from Wrestling Observer that there's a big spot plan, I'm gonna be interested in how they pull this off. Like, is it WrestleMania that it defies the rules? Or are they going to have something within the context of this is going to be this is going to be an exclamation point, guys, but we're also going to play it safe in a way. That's about all I got, Ken. Good stuff as always, Rocky. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see how this unfolds. Hopefully we get a little bit of clarification from Shane and uh, – who knows? Maybe we see him going off of Jerry's big TV out there in Dallas. Thanks for the call. We'll talk to you next week, Rock. All right. Take care, guys. Take it easy, brother. Thanks, buddy. And let's continue out with the phones. I think it's Mr. Trivia. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Is this Anthony, then? Hello? 
Hello? Hello? Hello? Who is this? It's Anthony. What's up, guys? Anthony, hey, there we go. <laughs> See, yeah, I haven't been on numbers so memorized. I forgot my like... phone number. What was that? <laughs> I haven't been on in so long, you forgot my phone number. I did. I was like, I know this is Mr. Trivia <laughs> or Anthony. I'm like, let me take a guess here, and uh, I guessed wrong. So, Anthony, yeah, he threw hey, me off. Okay. I heard it click, and then he said trivia. I'm like, uh, okay, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's still going on, boys? And now, now you have to act like Mr. Trivia. Oh, I don't know. No, that. don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Shane and Taker. What are your thoughts on what's going on oh, as it gets towards WrestleMania? Uh, oh, you know, obviously the Shane stuff was really cool and really surprising in this uh, internet era of wrestling uh, to kind of keep something like that under the, under wraps where it was like a true surprise and there was no – I mean, I didn't see any – you know, any spoilers or anything like that. I mean, that, I mean, that was just tremendous. I like that part about it. Um, you know, him wrestling Taker. Okay. Taker's age and the the matches that I've seen him in the last few times. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't have a problem with the hell in the cell. Uh, Shane's performed before. I know it's been a long time. So I think it's pretty cool. Like I said, I don't really have a problem with it. And I really, I, I'm not really feeling the WrestleMania build, but I I get where they're kind of going here. Um, I'm almost, and this is what I kind of wanted to bring up to you guys to get your thoughts on it. Um, beyond WrestleMania, I'm almost envisioning some kind of reset coming here. It almost seems like, all right, we got to sell WrestleMania. We're going to do Taker Shane. We're going to bring in The Rock. Triple H is going to be there. Lesnar, the whole thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's almost like a, you know an Attitude Era reunion. And I get why they're going there, especially with the injuries and all that. But at some point, you've got to figure that these guys are sitting in a room saying, when the hell are we going to build some new stars that we can actually market and, and, and sell to people? And I, I get Balor coming, and I get the whole Balor Club, Bulletproof, whatever they're going to call it. But let, let's face it, those guys are 35 and, and above. You know what I mean? Like, I, Not that that's old, but I'm just saying is, they they just don't seem to have very much star power that they can rely on. They have to keep going back to this attitude era stuff, and at some point that that well is going to run dry too. You know what I mean? And I think I think it's a major problem for them on their on on the build, considering these guys aren't there every week. There's there's really like no storyline that your 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 teeth is sunk into right now. I mean, maybe if you give me Triple H and Ambrose, we'll see where that goes. But there's really no storylines that you're really sunk in on that are week to week. We're seeing these guys on Raw every week. And I think that's a that's a major problem for the build. And I think going forward, like a reset and let's start pushing some of these young guys that the fans actually do like. Um, I, I think it's got to come, and I think it's got to come soon. It's a valid point. I mean, you know, it seems like, and, and this is recent history, that WrestleMania season comes around and, um, you know, you they want to bring back some of these old acts to, uh, you know, give it that special feel. And, and I get that, but that's part of the issue. You know, if you're going to say, yeah, you want to make it feel special, but when you have guys on your own roster, on your on your regular roster, that can't make it feel special, well, that's a problem. I mean, if there's no two ways about it, that's a problem. And when you, you continue to, you know, I think that's a problem, number one. And number two, when you continue to bring these stars back, um, it, it 
just shines a spotlight on how much beneath, how far beneath the current stars are. Um, it, it just it, it it's great to see the old guys, and that's just it. Now I'm gonna like talk out of both sides of my mouth. It's great to see them, and yeah, going to WrestleMania, I'm pumped that The Rock's gonna be there. You know, I, I hope some other you know veterans or, or legends are gonna be there. But on the flip side, I, I think it's a valid point that you really gotta, you know, you, you need to have a fan base that is really going to WrestleMania, jonesing to see what guys on the current roster are doing as opposed to running to WrestleMania to see The Rock or even to see The Undertaker, see Triple H. Uh, you need more uh, from that. And I, I would hope we'd like to see a reset. The problem is there's also been so many injuries. So uh, it remains to be seen what will happen after WrestleMania. But uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Dave, as far as building new stars. It's been very difficult. I agree with you, Tony, in the sense that, you know, you, you – you can only go to that well so often before it gets dry. I mean, if you if you really look back at the past, I would say five, six WrestleManias, it, 50% of the, on average, I should say on average, 50% of those cards have consisted of stars from the past that have played part-time roles heading into WrestleMania, Okay. I look at now, like Brock Lesnar, he's more of a full-time guy, even though he's not, even though he wrestles a little bit more, I consider Brock a full-time guy. I could even consider Hunter a full-time guy, Triple H, even though he doesn't wrestle as much. He's got a role on TV every so often. He's not like, he's not like The Rock where he comes in once a year or like a Shawn Michaels or even a Mick Foley, you know? So, um, but yeah, if you look back and you see like, like last year, let's take last year, friend, Okay. Brock was the champion. He he headlined with Reigns, okay? You could argue the point that he was a part-time guy at that point, okay? Undertaker against Bray Wyatt, against an up-and-comer, okay? Undertaker, he's very part-time, <laughs> right? Triple H, he's an executive, okay? He wrestled against Sting. Sting, that was his first time at WrestleMania. Sting is not even there. I don't even know what to label that. That's not even part-time. That's like no time at all. And then, <laughs> You know what I mean? And then, like, three of the, three of the big four matches at WrestleMania – we're filled with guys that are just, you know, I wouldn't say past their prime, but their 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 better days are behind them. And um, I do agree that there are guys currently right now on the roster that have potential to be acts and names that people will gravitate to for WrestleMania, but they're just not being used properly. They're not being built up properly. I mean, if you really think about it, Kevin Owens shouldn't have lost the Intercontinental title in the first place. And if he had a damn solid run from when he won it in September until now at WrestleMania, I think people would care more about him and his match going into WrestleMania, whoever he's going to wrestle, okay? The New Day, I mean, consistently they've done a fantastic job since they've been given the ball, and they've they've scored a touchdown just about every single time, okay? But I don't think mainstream wrestling or mainstream wrestling fans or casual wrestling fans are going to – to WrestleMania to see the New Day. I think WrestleMania sells itself, but I do think that it comes a point in time where you got to start using the guys that are currently on your roster, build them up, and have them be the cornerstones of WrestleMania so you don't have to rely on The Rock every year. You don't have to rely on, on Steve Austin or any of the, the, the bigger names. You want to build for the future. Um, I just It just doesn't come across that way when you're using so many guys who are labeled as part-timers. It's, it's it, it, and especially with the injuries this year, it's very depleting. I mean, this WrestleMania, like, I, I'm, I'm scratching my head that they're going to 
that they, that, that they could even hit uh, uh, 90,000 tickets. They've sold 70,000, and we're about a month away from WrestleMania. I don't even think they're going to break the record that uh, WrestleMania 3 set. I, I'm having a hard time believing that, especially with today's card. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And the injuries, obviously, Rollins, you know, but all these guys. The injuries, obviously, did a lot to that. But I'm just looking at it with, like, five hours of TV programming. And you can't give us, even even if they're not the main, even if, you know, Shane and Taker and the Triple H uh, stuff with, with Ambrose or, or Reigns or whatever it ends up being, um, I get all that, but it's like, you get five hours of programming. You can't give us... Uh, and AJ Styles and Kevin Owens feud that's been built up over six weeks. I mean, we're we're how many weeks out from WrestleMania? We're less than a month, and we don't even have half a card yet. Like, what are I, I get? I get the idea. Get get people there. Get people watching. WrestleMania sells itself. We'll bring back Attitude Era guys and all that. But for the people who are into it every week and watching every week and want to be entertained every week, like, oh, of course you're going to be up and down, but. You, there's there's really, like, I'm sitting here like, what am I going to see at WrestleMania? I felt the same way last year, and they did a tremendous job. I'm not going to say they did it. They absolutely did. And I'm sure I'm sure the day of the show, I'm, I'm probably going to love it. It'll probably have a bunch of good matches and, you know, all that. But it's like, building up to it, can we, you know, back in the day, you eight weeks of feuds and, you know, guys building to something, even if it's mid-card, like I said, AJ and Kevin Owens or, you know, Ziggler, Ziggler and Owens or Ziggler and AJ or whoever, you know, throw out the names, throw out the guys, put together three or four feuds that even if even if it plays out on SmackDown, there's something that, hey, I need to watch next week because I don't want to be left out in the cold when this happens at WrestleMania. I want to I want to see everything leading up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. It does feel very. Uh, I, I agree with you. You know, the, the build up so far seems very just kind of. I wouldn't say flat, but you know they—they—it's almost like they—they—they they, they wait till the last minute to announce some of these matches. Um, but I just read a report that uh, Sami Zayn is backstage in Chicago, and he could be a potential surprise. We could see him tonight on Raw, which could set something up with him and Kevin Owens for WrestleMania. Uh, but don't don't quote me on that. It's just a rumor right now. However, I'm also hearing you—you you, you just mentioned like something to sink your teeth into. Um, you know, storyline-wise, from what I just read, there's a surprise planned to open the show tonight. Uh, oh. Not as big as Shane, not as big as Shane McMahon, but something is planned to open the show that's going to be a surprise. And that was taken oh. from uh, a Reddit user, the same Reddit user that that uh, reported the, um, the the surprise a few weeks ago, which turned out to be Shane McMahon. Oh, there you go. I mean. Listen, the surprises are great, and and you know it hasn't been all bad. Uh, I mean, I don't love everything they're doing. The the diva stuff is just awful to me. But at the same time, it just you know a, a couple of things here or there that just get you know maybe the the guys like us who are watching everything all the time that maybe get a little bit more excitement in our bones would be cool for the hardcore fan. I'm ta- I think I'm talking more about the hardcore guy than uh, the guy who's going to parachute in. And, you know, he watched the Royal Rumble and he's going to parachute in and watch WrestleMania. I mean, he doesn't really care what you're doing in between. You know, this is for the, you know, four or five million, three million, three and a half million, whatever it is, people that are watching every week that they, you know, get, give them something more. You know what I mean? I hear you. I totally agree. But there we go. 
Good stuff as always, and yeah, I mean it. It, it is, you know, you just kind of. And I've said it before with with the WWE. You know, you kind of, you know, when I would talk about when they'd have like surprise guests or, whatever, you know, you, you'd almost rather week in and week out, show in and show out that there's that dynamic that you have to tune in because you have no idea what's going to happen as opposed to spoon feeding. Oh, this is going to happen this upcoming week. And you're right. It's like the product is is spotty at best throughout the year, and then it's almost like it comes off like they're scrambling to kind of pull something together and give you a substantial quote WrestleMania season and a kick-ass WrestleMania. Now they succeeded last year. Build was not very good. They gave us a kick-ass WrestleMania. Uh, let's see if we get a better build this year. Hopefully, whatever uh, Captain Read it is uh, predicting for tonight. We get something good to open up Raw. Anthony, great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, great job. I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy, brother. Well, let's stick with the phones because we got Mr. Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Very, very, very good. Glad to hear it. Uh, your thoughts? We're talking Hall of Fame. We're talking uh, Shane being back. Boss, the big boss man going into the Hall of Fame. I remember when the big boss man first came into WWF and he uh, had some great feuds, especially with Hulk Hogan, and he had uh, great feuds with uh, the Million Dollar Man and Mr. Perfect, uh, him and Mr. Perfect wrestled at WrestleMania 7. And, you know, here's another uh, another guy with a good WrestleMania record. So you're on board with him as a Hall of Famer? Of course, a hundred percent. Of He's course, surprised. I am. What happened? I no, said, no, are no, you surprised? Uh, absolutely not. I'm not surprised. I, I, uh, I said that today. Uh, I wanted him as, in the Hall of Fame, and and I and I like the Big Boss Man, so I, it works for me. Andy Kaufman doesn't work for me at all. I don't know why anybody would want him in there. He had nothing to do with WWF. Yeah, well, I get what you're saying, but there's a lot of guys that, you know, if you go by that rationale, then Sting shouldn't be going in the Hall of Fame this year. Well, he should because he wrestled for the WWE. He had two matches and that qualified? Hey, Dave, he still wrestled. He had qualified. He still wrestled for the WWE. Of course it qualifies. And you're talking about Sting compared to Andy Kaufman. I mean, that's ridiculous. No, but we're saying as far as a celebrity wing, that what, what, I mean, as far as celebrity involvement, period, in, in wrestling, you know, Andy Kaufman was one of the first to, to, to broach that, you know, he's, uh, there was, I mean, it broke new ground, uh, you know, he was part of uh, a significant storyline with Jerry Lawler, uh, one of the most significant moments in not just wrestling history, but television history, uh, the incident on the David Letterman show, so, I mean, when, when, you know, the WWE Hall of Fame, and I think if you ask people, you know, in the WWE, they'd like to look at their Hall of Fame as more of a wrestling Hall of Fame and not just a WWE Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know. To me, like Kaufman, if you're going to have, if you're going to have a celebrity wing, I, I, I can't see how you keep Kaufman out. You know, and then, and then, uh, and then a couple of years um, before Kaufman. You know, you have Gorilla Monsoon um, picking up uh, on, and putting him over his head in an airplane spin 
Muhammad Ali. You know, um, but if I'm going to put in a celebrity this year, it's going to be Motorhead. And, and that's not a bad pick. I mean, I, I'm okay with that. It's a, it's a good homage. He's, he's con- they contributed music uh, often to the WWE. Um, you know, there, there's a connection there. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't argue. I'm cool with I, I that. I just, what was that? I could see that too. I, I mentioned it earlier. It wouldn't surprise me if they got if they got put in this year. Anyway, we were talking about what were your thoughts on Shane O'Mac's uh, return to the WWE? I uh, I like it. I thought it was very well, uh, you know, needed. Something had to come out of this, and uh, it was about time. If anybody and, and and the moment was right, the time was right. Stephanie was there waiting, and then here comes the money. It's like you didn't do nothing. I did it, you know, and it's uh and it's time. Undertaker last week, we didn't really get nothing out of him. You know, a lot of people were disappointed. It took him, I think it took him longer to get down to the ring than he was actually in the ring, but that's okay. I mean, it, it's it's cool with me. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about um, the Shane O'Mac thing. I actually heard him on the Michael K show, and, uh, you know, he was talking about what's going to happen. <laughs> hey, you know what, this is, this is, uh, you know, Shane O'Mac um, is not a stranger to WrestleMania. So anything can happen. It's going to be a good match. I mean, the people want to see it, and uh, and I want to see it. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. All right, I'm curious, you know, we're, we're playing around with it, fantasy booking. What do you think happens at WrestleMania? Who wins that match? Undertaker. Taker wins, and Shane's kind of a one and done. He's gone after. I don't think he's one and done, and I don't think there's going to be a McMahon versus McMahon again. That would that would really be stupid. And and Vince is not. Um, and and Vince is not. You know, I, I don't see Vince wrestling again. Um, I wonder if we're going to see Linda wrestle. No, I wonder if we're going to see Linda get down there and interfere in the match or something. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of things that could occur in this match. I, I don't think uh, it, it's all said and done as far as, like, what's going to happen in this matchup. So, um, hey, by you know, things will be added. Do we realize, we're talking about Hall of Famers, right? Do, do yeah. we realize, does everybody realize that we have a WWE Hall of Famer running for president? Isn't that crazy? That is actually crazy. I actually thought about that, but, like, if he, I mean, geez, if he wins, oh my God! But uh, I just, uh, you know, you know, Vince will exploit that. You know, we have a uh, president. I you know, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Trump, there would be no WrestleMania four and five at Trump Plaza. So well, and they we had a be great in a couple of years. If it wasn't for Trump, you know, there's no more America. You know, but but I'm hoping <laughs> Trump. Uh, I I don't I don't uh, I don't I don't know. But but going back to the WWE where I'm say politics isn't something I really love, but the WWE that I love is, uh, you know, it's they have the, uh, the network has the Shane O'Mac collection, so the people, actually I had a wrestler on my show this week and we talked about Shane McMahon and I asked the Mad Dog, I had Mad Dog on, and I asked Mad Dog if he thought that Shane O'Mac would have ring rust and he said to me, listen, Shane O'Mac has from now until WrestleMania to keep to, to get in the ring and train. So, so hopefully he's been hitting 
he, he's been hitting the ring and getting the ring rust off. Uh, it's, a, it's a good point. I mean, it's been a while, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think we saw uh, a little bit of ring rust when The Rock came back, so um, it is interesting, you know, once you get out there, uh, you know, which no one's talking about, everyone's talking about storyline, you know, whatever uh, Shane has prepared. I mean, I thought Shane looked great. Aside from, you know, the, the hair being gray, I, I think he looks like he's in <laughs> decent shape. He looks good. Um, but you're right, you know, you, you, who knows what condition he's in as far as getting in there and, and handling himself uh, in, in a full match, especially at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's so, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the first time that I seen Kevin Nash with gray hair. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, holy cow. It was like, really, Nash? You know, you went gray. You, you, know, you didn't touch it up. And then sometimes we see him touch it up. And it's like, Shane, it's the same way. It's like, go ahead, Shane, and get, uh, get things uh get things together. But but going back to what Dave said, I agree with Dave on the on the posse siding. Maybe we see it a, a posse siding. It wouldn't shock me at all either. I think that's something that'll just add to the uh fun at WrestleMania. I mean it'll be something that Taker would dispose of them quickly, but uh you know, it may even be depending on uh where Shane is as far as his uh his uh, health, and I mean, as far as his fitness level, um, you know, it might be something designed, uh, hey, the Mean Street Posse comes down for a little bit, Taker kicks their ass, and it gives, uh, it's a spot where maybe Shane can take a breather. So, we'll see. I, I think there's a lot of things that could go into this match, and it's going to be fun to speculate up until WrestleMania. Good stuff. Interesting stuff, as always, Mike, and uh, we will talk to you real soon. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week, guys, and have a good week, and let's get ready for Monday Night Raw, and I wonder what's going to happen in the beginning, but we got to tune in to watch it. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. And there you have it, stuff from the wonderful mind of, of Mike Ferrara. We get into Taker Shane, then all of a sudden it's becoming a Just for Men commercial. But, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, with Shane, I think Shane, the, the gray does definitely age him. Um, but there's, you know, the only way to, to you could hit the gym, you could hit the, the treadmill, you could hit the Stairmaster, uh, you know, do whatever you, you cross-train, whatever you think you can do. Uh, nothing trains you for being in the ring except for being in the ring. And, you know, it's funny because since, since I've been wrestling, you know, people have asked me, like, have you ever been blown up in the ring? And I haven't been yet, but the one time, which is funny, the one time I was closest to being, quote, blown up was my first match because I was so amped to get out there and pumped and I'm jumping up and down, I'm getting in the ring and I'm doing all this shit to like before the match. And then I'm like huffing and puffing. I was, I felt like the warrior, you know, I was so amped for it. I'm like, well, I got to kind of settle down here because I actually have to wrestle a match. Um, so that's the thing. I honestly, I think it's a, it's a valid question with, with Shane. And you know, he's at the show of shows, hasn't wrestled in forever. You know, can he pace himself through a match? Does he, you know, does he have the cardio? Um, should be interesting. I mean, he's in there with a sure hand. You figure Taker's going to take care of him. Um, but a lot of questions as far as a guy that's been out of the ring for that long, what he will or won't be able to do. And if he's got a big spot planned, I mean, that's a guy who is known for his big spots. So it uh, should be interesting to see how this all develops. We only got, we got about five minutes left, and I just want to hit upon this. You know, we got Triple H versus Ambrose, and we're going to get into this as we get – um, you know, actually, we'll be giving you a reaction because it's this weekend. 
Roadblock. There's a roadblock on the road to WrestleMania. Ambrose gets his title match with Triple H. Triple H, give him all the credit in the world. He has been the effing king of kings the past few weeks, kicking the hell out of Roman Reigns and Ambrose. I love, love what we're seeing out of Triple H right now. It, it's it's uh, the COO mixed with the old school game. Loving it. Love the brutality he's bringing to the table. But what I find intriguing right now, Dave, and quickly as we hit on it, Triple H versus Ambrose at, at, at this roadblock WWE, quote, special event. If somehow Ambrose wins this matchup, now some guys are on the injury list, but if Ambrose wins going into WrestleMania, Triple H, Reigns, Lesnar, and Rollins are all guys that have legit claims to getting a title match at WrestleMania. A guy like Rollins who never lost. Reigns had his match scheduled. Triple H gets his rematch. And Lesnar had a match scheduled for Ambrose already and still hasn't gotten his rematch from last year. So they're saying roadblock. I feel like something significant has to happen at this event if they're going to throw this in there right before WrestleMania. I don't know. I'm not saying I could see Ambrose winning, but it is curious throwing this event in before WrestleMania, Dave. I think they're entertaining the thought of switching some things up because of the reaction that Reigns has been getting lately. When Triple H beat him down a few weeks ago on Raw, the audience was completely behind Triple H. They were not in Reigns' favor. That they, the, the way the audience reacted, it did not work in WWE creative's favor as to how they wanted Reigns to be portrayed. And I think they're seeing that. I think they're just entertaining the thought. I don't necessarily know if um, they want to go with Ambrose winning the title and then kind of switching things up, maybe having a four-way of sorts at WrestleMania, kind of beefing up the main event. Um, I think it's possible, but I think what the, the end game that they still have, as far as I know, is that Reigns is the champ after WrestleMania, and he becomes the guy. He's the new John Cena. He's the guy that they're going to be looking towards as a part of the future. Whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, He's the face of WWE after WrestleMania. I think what would what would make it even worse if, let's say, for argument's sake, Ambrose wins, defeats Triple H, sets up a four-way with Lesnar, Triple H, and Reigns at WrestleMania, beefs up the main event. Okay, you add a little more spark, a little more intrigue to the match, but if your end game is for Reigns to win, now you've got Reigns beating not just one, not just two, but three guys, three other alternatives, three other options that the audience, especially that smart crowd in WrestleMania, three other options that they would rather see than Roman Reigns being the WWE champion. If Reigns beats Hunter, yes, he'll get a negative reaction. Don't get me wrong. But if Reigns beats all three of those guys, the whole place is good. I mean, it's it's not it, – it, I'm not saying it's got potential to be riotous, but the whole place is going to erupt, and it's not going to be the reaction that they want for Roman Reigns. I do believe still we're going to see Hunter and Reigns for the title at WrestleMania, but I think that this roadblock scenario, I think that it's giving them it's giving them options in the event that they want to shift and go in a different direction creatively with the title picture and some of the top matches for WrestleMania. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm, I'm going to bet that Triple H walks out of this the victor, beats Ambrose, but Ambrose comes out of this looking even stronger, heading into his match with with uh, 
with, with Brock Lesnar, with that never-say-die, crazy, lunatic, not-going-to-give-up kind of attitude, gets knocked down but gets right up, you know, just that sort of vibe that we've been getting from him lately. I think we're going to see that from him following his loss to Triple H at Roadblock. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like something big has got to happen. Um, I, I think it's going to be when you throw something in here, uh, especially, you know, they, they've coined the expression road to WrestleMania for years. And I agree with you. I think they're entertaining at least thoughts of, like, what, where, where can we go creatively? Um, however, you know, in entertaining the thought of where can we go, I think they have to do something. I think something has to happen on this event uh, that throws kind of some sort of wrench in the works. Uh, it's it's a new event. It's a special event. They throw it in in the midst of WrestleMania season. Just the fact that since they've coined the term Road to WrestleMania, using calling this event Road Block, to me, it tells me something has got to happen. Something is going to either change a match or... or uh, we're going to add a match from from this event, but something is going to happen. I would hope if they just if everything happens in this event that that we think is going to happen and it doesn't have any impact on on WrestleMania, I think it's just why why did you even bother? Why did you you know don't it's just stupid. Um, I'm hoping you know it's WrestleMania season. You got to beef up the card. You're looking to break some records as far as ticket sales. To me, you have to do something Saturday night for fans to come out and be like, wow, all right, yeah, now we are, we, are, we are on our way, did not see that coming. And, and I would hope that they would think they need to do something like that. We got a surprise, apparently, coming to open up Monday Night Raw tonight. We got Shane O'Mac is back on Monday Night Raw tonight. And we also have Roadblock this Saturday, which means next week. You have got to tune in to this show, 6.30, each and every Monday night, where we will give you our thoughts on everything that happens between now and then. To all our callers who called in, everyone who listened, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Enjoy Raw. Get on the Facebook page for the chat. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.